when the sun rises I wake up and chase my dreams I won't regret when the sun sets Cause I live my life like I'm a beast This is the Sales Mall Podcast Your hosts, Jerry Hill and Ryan Reiser Talk about the sales game And always keep it real It's that time again. We're here to talk about something pretty exciting, right? One of the topics we wanted to cover early on was market penetration, right? And um, you know, COVID, COVID's really changed our world. Uh, the digital transformations here, it's not going away. And uh, exciting event this week, Jerry, on your side, uh, tell us a little bit more about you know what you experienced this week. Yeah, it's been a, it's been an energizing, inspiring, but exhausting week. Um, Connect and Sell went strong, and were sponsors to SaaS Growth 2020, which is Europe's largest um, uh, growth gathering for for sales, market, and development leaders, chief revenue officers, and investors in on the continent. What I was really encouraged about was that we weren't in our own little COVID bubble of Europeans speaking to Europeans. This was the first time anyone had the bravery and temerity to bring the best thought leaders from the US, cross-fertilize that with the best thought leaders from Europe, and sprinkle on some vendor dust over the top to give perspectives on on the state of selling today and into the future. And um, you know what my big takeaway is? I don't think the gap between the two continents is as wide as people think it is. Um, you know, I caught some data from Blue Ridge Partners. They're an advisory firm that supports private equity companies in profitable revenue growth. And they kind of made a really sensible distinction, right? 50-50 split inside to outside sales in the US. 40 to 60 split inside sales to outside sales in the UK and Europe. So we're only over-indexing enterprise and relationships and AE piece by about 10%. And, and I believe that that will shift to 50-50 with the technology with bubble wrapped around it for the floors multiplier. If I had to give a really quick whistle-stop summary, um, huge, huge emphasis on mindfulness, mindset, mental health, humility, servant leadership, um, and, and being a human as a leader, lead by choice, not by instinct. Really, really compelling conversation there from Ollie Sharp at Sales Loft and Owen Richard to Air Marketing. <laughs> Learning from your mistakes to be a better leader. Henrik, uh, the GM at G2, did a phenomenal job there on exposing himself to the mistakes he made at Accenture and Salesforce. Here's the big one that you and me are going to care about, Ryan, and the people that like us and listen to us and challenge us. Maths of sales matter as more than it ever has. <laughs> Yako from Winning by Design is the most special energetic human I have ever met. And his core thesis on how you optimize around the math of sales is phenomenal in funnel. And then Chris Beale and I had a conversation with the audience, which speaks to math of sales, which was all around the fears, fascination, and opportunities of a conversation first guide to market. So in essence, unscheduled school calls to book meetings with people that you care about. And I think that went down well. Um, my favorite conversation of the day that I had to go to a guy called Pete Crosby, who for the guys in the US who don't know who he is, look him up. The guy makes me smarter every time I listen to him. 
is a genius and probably one of the most measured CROs I've ever had the privilege to spend time with. He was my uh, my reference into the Revenue Collective, but the guy is just so, so thoughtful. And he was talking about the unintended costs of um, the physical response that mental health causes inside of teams and what you can do as a revenue leader to eradicate pressure and waste. And it was just beautiful to listen to. That's a lot. That's a lot to take away, yeah. right? Uh, sounds like we may have a future guest to line up here. Uh, if we can get him. Uh, if we yeah. can get him. He's very guarded with his uh, time. Yeah. Well, we'll find, we'll find 15 we'll minutes. Find a way. We'll Who find doesn't a way. have 15 minutes? Uh, I'm really curious, you know, the, the, the rise of the digital event, right? A lot of, a lot of big, big names there, some great topics. Uh, what do you think of that? that virtual event that's typically this one is typically an in-person that's went virtual for the first yeah, time yeah. uh we're now getting past uh, a phase where maybe there's some new technologies what, what, what was the experience how did that it was, actually, it was pretty impressive i think you know a lot of people probably went into it with a low expectation but let's be honest right if we'd done that event physically it wouldn't have had the density of signups and attendees and people that actually made time to go to it um, the technology platform that James and the guys at Sales Confidence decided to use was Hopin. I now understand why they got that 4 million, 40 million back-to-back raise at the beginning of this year to come out of beta because it was actually a pretty impressive experience. You know, as somebody that was speaking, um, the coordination of sort of backstage into stage, sort of making sure that you had that five-minute holding period before you went live was, was pretty seamless. Um, the booth... You know, the, the exhibition area for sponsors was underwhelming, and I spoke to everybody. But guess what? If you go to a physical event, the conference designers have explicitly designed that footfall traffic to go past people's booths. You kind of feel you have to have the conversation. There was no gating to make sure that attendees were going into the exhibition area, right? So that potentially is one way to, to look at your investment in the future. The networking was fun. It was kind of like a connecting live session uh and chat roulette combined you go into networking and you don't know who you're about to speak to next and they give you two minutes of one-to-one in a conversation like we're having now and then that finishes and you go on to the next one and you could order you could execute private calls with people which was kind of cool you know i got to to speak to somebody that i've been hoping to speak to to a long time in a five minute forum that i wouldn't have otherwise have got and they wouldn't have been at the conference either. And here's the other thing. 700 people would have been able to attend that at the venue that was earmarked for, for, for Wednesday. You know, they had over 3,000 signups. And, you oh, know, that's amazing. You know, that's incredible. Yeah. So for me, it was a success. Um, I think there's still components to doing a physical event that, that are always going to be missed. You know, it's the water cooler stuff. It's the ability to go you know, and have a conversation. It's the ability to read the room, right? You know, you've done speaking, you get on a stage, you can pivot, you can react, you can respond. People will laugh, you can hear that, or they won't, they'll boo. But either way, you've got that. (laughs) Well, when I talk, it's booze. But, um, you know, it, it, it was remarkably successful for the forum. And for somebody to go that big, that fast, that brave, all credit to Sales Confidence and to James Ski and Alex for, for putting that on. That's fantastic. What do you What do you think the uh, um, you know the you know outside of the blend of the landscape between inside outside for US and UK? What other things did you see that 
you re- made you recognize that maybe we're not as different as you thought. So I thought that was an interesting point that you brought up right yeah, at the beginning I mean, here. Like in my experience, a lot of US companies that come into Europe make quite one major error, error, error which is they treat all of Europe the same. Mm-hmm. Right. So local resource representation in language-specific markets is absolutely essential. But can't that be said? Can't that be said in the U.S. too? Right. Like you can't sell the same to someone in New York as you are in Southern California. You know. Probably true. Probably true. Right. I know. I know. I just think we see a lot more U.S. vendors coming into Europe than we see European vendors coming into the U.S. I agree with that, but I think so. So I think the 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 cultural thing it gets brought up quite a bit, but we do have some of that in the U.S. What else? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt on that piece. But no, no, it's fine. Was, it's something, really something I would never considered. I think yeah. I'm quite a nuanced person, but you know, I'd never thought of that really. It's interesting because I, you know, I come from you know California uh, for my whole career, and I started in media, really, pay per click. And so in California, especially San Francisco, back in the day, if you wore a suit to a meeting you'd just be like, you know, go to the door, right? But if you didn't wear a suit to a meeting in New York, you wouldn't even be let in. And so like that type of thing, which is interesting, it's it's just a, it's a cultural thing. It does exist. No, you're right. There's some, there's some geocentric bias around that. You know, same thing Um, going down south, right? You speak too fast like me, people don't want to listen. They definitely don't want to listen. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's quite interesting. Like, you know, Germans are very sort of Rolodex relationship. You know, mm-hmm. God, God forbid you ever actually prospect to somebody. You know, that's kind of like a, you know, where did GDPR ultimately spin out from? It was German policy already. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, France and the, the Latin part of Europe and, and Spain and Italy, you know, very much, I need to look you in the eyeballs. You know, we need to have that physical connection. I think the, the sort of territories that perform more like the US and sort of can be prototyped in the same way a US GTM leader would think more broadly would be UK, Nordics, you know, Netherlands, Belgium, where they're quite Anglo-Saxon in both work ethic and in, in mindset. Yeah. Um, but there's still, it's quite interesting, Oli Loft, who's VP Revenue for Sales Loft in Europe, you know, he was he was quite acute on tech adoption still not there, right? You know, we've got early adopters, we've got adopters, we've got people that care about technology as a value driver, but there's still a bit of educational friction that we need to break through because in a lot of European executive mindsets, it's not an and plus, it's an either or. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And, and that's that's one of my personal issues that I've got at the moment, which is trying to break through, trying to get that sense of, do you want your human to just be a human or do you want them to be a superhuman? You know, and I used it in the conference this week and I've been posting about it on LinkedIn. And it's a silly analogy, but I love it, right? Imagine Iron Man, right? Tony Stark took all of his flaws, took all of his values, took all of his humanity and all of his talents and he elevated himself by putting himself in a machine to make himself a superhero, right? And one thing that I care deeply about is executives, regardless of function, CFO, CEO, COOs, I don't care about sales anymore here, on this, this tangent, is augment your people, remove the friction, become optimal, not suboptimal, because of tradition and self-limiting beliefs and tropes. That's the thing that I think we're still fighting a little bit in Europe at times, in a way that you guys in the US aren't. 
Well, I, that's so interesting because, you know, Sean Cease and I talk about this playfully and argue about it all the time. I, I believe it's still a circle, but the age old people process product or people process technology and people first, right? That's like the old school way of thinking. In my opinion, I believe it's process first, yeah. then technology, then people. Why is that? It's, it's a circle, right? It's all a circle. But mm. if you have a process that has been proven, and in this case, let's, it doesn't matter what the function is, but let's just go back to sales, right? If I have a, a proven process that works, before I go and hire 10 people to go um, kind of figure things out, I could maybe hire two. Yeah. And then those two, if they're really working out, put some technology and make two 10, yeah. right? And then if I get to 10, 10 might be 100. Yeah. So that simple switching of the equation of process first, nail it, enable that process with technologies or automations that eliminate the friction, eliminate the waste, eliminate the unnecessary um, non essential activities that we all have, right? There's, there's waste, there's, there's bottlenecks, there's uh, in the business okay. term of that is, um, uh, you know, you've got the, um, one of the constraints, the constraints. Right? One of the things I love about you is your commitments process, right? And it's a rare discipline. And I wish 95% of our peers in, in selling professionally were as disciplined about process as you are. I'm pretty disciplined about it, but I'm not like slavishly disciplined to it. Here's the thing, a process needs to stem from somewhere and for it to be effective, it needs to be a buyer journey. It needs to be how do your buyers buy for your process to be really effective. You can't interrogate that with technology, you have to interrogate that with humanity first and then the process comes. So I'm a people process tech, then I'm a process tech people. Well, so, 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 so we're saying it is a circle. It's a circle, yeah. right? If you do this, so, so we're saying yeah. the same thing. This is what John, Sean and I argue about all the time too, is it, we're saying the same thing, except that the people first need to be the, so if you're the founder CEO, you need to be yeah. the person taking this thing to market, right? Yeah. If you're the product owner you are the CEO of your new product, you need to take that to market first, yeah. create that process, get that nailed. And especially again, as it starts to transition into sales, I can't tell you. I mean, I love, I love our profession and I'm here to up level that, but we still have a lot of really, you know, we have a lot of work to do with the individuals who are in sales that are not going to do the same work necessary to make those strategic shifts, you know, in the process. Uh, if you start with them first, if you rely on, for example, your SDRs to build your lists for you, Right or your BDRs, like that's a that's a people first mindset. My people do that. I pay them to do that. Well, no, the the process should be first at least to find the strategy. Now those people go in there and they get feedback from that list that says, hey, there's some things I've learned. We might want to make some adjustments. That's that circle back. But I think that that's what I mean by that. And um, it's an interesting thing that you're probably dealing with that more in the you know. Uh, overseas than we have in the U S but we're still pretty strong over here too. Um, and that, that fundamental shift of, of how technology is a plus, not an or right. Uh, yeah. is, 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 is interesting. So I mean, like, I had a call this morning and the guy was like, so what you're telling me is I could potentially not worry about having SDRs anymore. And I was like, oh, that's not what I'm quite saying. No. I'm saying is it's all about where the technology can provide an uplift where you need it most, not a replace or displace. You know, like I think 
a lot of people see a universal technology to solve all of the problems of a go-to-market strategy. It just doesn't exist. Every company's different. Every channel's different. Every marketplace is slightly different. Where you can find a point of difference is different, right? We ran a test drive this week with a MarTech, right? I looked at the Gartner MarTech map. 13,000 companies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Growing category by company and only 8% churn year on year. Right, it's nuts, but everybody sells to marketeers like a marketeer. Guess where the white space is? Sell to a CMO like a salesperson. Yeah, be different. Just be different. Yep. And um, I think you know what. What I find is that there are very few. So, and this is the other thing that I found that I found quite interesting from the conference. I loved it and I learned a lot, but this is my big personal disappointment with any of these events. Nobody's ever willing to go out on a limb and say something completely new. Let's leave that. Let's leave it there today. Right. What yeah. is new? What is the next thing? What's not being talked about? And, uh, and then let's think about some of these guests because you brought up some big names uh, and see who um, we can get in here and uh, make some stuff happen. Hey, as always, it's great to chat with you. Sir. Have a great day. Happy Friday. Um, speak to you later, fella. Bye. Cheers.